The man came well prepared for his uh, moment in the black sun. Or uh, wow. mo moment, is it razor in the sun? Uh, no, keep it up. Keep it up. And like that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of For the Taste Show. Uh, let's get all the particulars out of the way. Make sure you follow at For the Taste Show. Our beige brethren, salute to the guy, the Colorado assassin, out there keeping kids out of his uh, sporting goods store. That way they ain't stealing nothing for New Year's. Bino at BK Norris 13, Mr. Duncan 4. And we've got a. To say it was a special guest would be disrespectful because this, this is our brother from another mother. The good man goes all the way back to when we used to just be over at 90.9 KSF right before we go to the swine, talking on the microphone, shooting shit, and then go actually have a little bit of fun. But to see this young man, now old ass young man, uh, his growth, evolution, and he got a crazy ass hustle and a story to tell. So, you know, we're long past due getting this man on. He goes by a few names, but legally, uh, the good man, Larry Charles Jr. We like to call him Lou Rawls. My good brother was good. Good, man. Hey, what's happening, CJ? How you doing, man? And blessings. You know, we're at the end of the year. You are going to be the, by the time this goes out, or be in the first year, but by the time people listen to it, they should know this was at the back end of the year. So he's going to get all of his black jokes off before 2020 actually starts. So I'm getting that disclaimer out now. Books for anybody that listens. You know, uh, how's the ATL treating you right now? A ATL is good, man. This is the, uh, like they're calling it the new black Hollywood, but Atlanta's got a lot of a lot of movement right now. A lot of opportunity in Atlanta for, for various reasons that I'll get into but Atlanta's good man I got my family out here so it's good it's a lot warmer than than Denver from where I was at so it's I, I can't complain but you know the, the evolution of us going from the great state of Colorado where it is about negative 6,000 degrees right now to warmer places it's crazy thinking that such a small town would create such dynamic talents and I ain't even talking about you know yours truly I'm talking about yourself the the man Bino you know salute the old man D Hall all of them I would give credit to some other folks but I don't know if they're alive or they out of jail but just let's say the overall Adam State community. Uh, yeah. I think they've overall yeah, been okay. All, I think I, th I think we're all doing generally pretty well. I think uh, Adam State was a was a was definitely a, a I don't want it's more it was more than a pit stop, but it was definitely a, a place where we all got together and we none of us knew that we were, we all knew we were getting out of there as soon as we were done graduating. We didn't know how long it would take for us to graduate. Right, right. But uh, we right. knew exactly when we did eventually graduate, we were, we weren't going to stay around there. So I, it was an easy move for me to not be in Alamosa after I. Almost was kind of like a prison sentence. No disrespect uh, to the prison system, but you know, you keep once you're there, you don't leave. You know? uh, the so, salute to the dirty mo. Uh, if I can give one, one PSA before we go into some of the things that we're bringing you on the episode for, if our great alma mater could just have a a viable winning football team, you might get half of us to come back because I think we don't got no fed issues down that way. But I mean, yeah, you, you can't go back if the teams ain't strong. That's one of the reasons why you see such you know some of the other Division two programs where they have strong home come as your strong alumni attendance because the team have decent because even if the town yeah. is real small and, and more farm oriented or just a complete truck stop if the team's good people come back i ain't going back to the dirty more in the middle of the winter i remember what that shit felt like yeah we can't do that yeah it just doesn't make sense i mean you got to get through the path you got to go through two passes to get down there it's like you know yeah, yeah. hey it's, it's 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 a trip man it's and, uh, I, I flew into alamosa one time and i'll never do that again that, that was insane <laughs> on a little plane me and the pilot it was me the pilot the co-pilot and, and one Pepsi Cola. That was it. it was four of us on the plane. Maximum weight uh, on the Buddy Holly we were, special. We, we shook the whole way down. <laughs> 
things were going off horns but i was like is this normal no thank you now let's start with the the genesis of you know your real estate adventures and for anybody that doesn't necessarily know i'm not gonna take the wind out of my good man's sails when when we like to say the adventurers and the real real estate go-getters and hustlers in various places of it be a commercial residential you know green or anything in between this guy has done it uh you would just give the good folks a little bit of your path let's start with how you came out of the like folks say the insurance business and found your way yeah. into it back in uh, Colorado, right as the, the gold rush kind of hit, as they say. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, actually graduated college right when the Great Recession started. So um, I, I didn't have very much to really go off of. So um, after I started out in banking, uh, so after banking and some finance and then insurance, like you mentioned, I got into real estate and um, I actually fell into real estate because actually a buddy of mine that actually went to Adam State was a grower and he knew that I'd come from banking and finance and he was asking me if I, if I knew any if I could find up any private money and I was like well what for and he was like well uh my 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 boss is looking for some financing because they're about to legalize marijuana and he wants to he could buy the building and get a grow license so on and so forth and said it's all state and county legal so I'm like well tell me more so uh that was my introduction to hard money lending so what we did I think it was for like four hundred thousand we needed to secure he needed to come up with two hundred thousand half of the money to for the building and then you know he had his own money for the build out for the lights and to upgrade the power and the HVAC and all that. So it was like a $400,000 adventure for him. And um, I remember charging him like, you know, I don't know, maybe 1500 bucks to do like a business plan and a funding proposal. And then I charged him 3% on the back end once I got the financing for him. So uh, that, that was, that was I don't want to say it was fast and quick money, but it was definitely enticing money, something that I was passionate about, which was real estate and marijuana. So it just made sense. And um, I, I remember charge, I remember talking to him about like, hey, so you guys got a business plan? I mean, what's your, how are you guys? He was like, oh, I, I don't have any of that. And like when he said it, like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, these guys, they if this is really going to happen, these guys don't know how to put the money. They don't know how to put themselves in a position to get the finance. So um, I understood how to put them in a position to get the financing, you know, have them do like a, you know, um, like a like a one page background on who they are and you know what they've done. And then like polls about how many light produce, how many pounds, how many, how much it costs to, you know, do how many pounds and the rate of return and the cost of the rent, how much it is to buy the lights, how much for the age system a timeline for all the renovations and upgrades so i put them through like a, a true process and these were just like weed marijuana guys and some of these guys are multi-millionaires now and they started from the bottom as they say they didn't understand how to deal in the investment world and they were quick um coming upon that so from there i got my i was i wasn't this was in 2011 and 12 2012 they started issuing the medical license commercially and then 2014 legal in marijuana uh, was just uh i remember when it got voted in uh in in November 2012 and it was going to roll out in 2014 so everybody was kind of in a rush to buy a commercial real estate property uh, industrial building warehouses so that's how I got my start and um, we were we were basically finding we were finding commercial real estate properties for marijuana growing like you would find a, a three bedroom two bathroom 1500 square foot house for, for Dan and Sally this was in 2012 and 2013 I was doing this so we were we were making tons of money um, we were tons of memories smoking a lot lot of pot making a lot of connect it was some of the best times of my life and then basically the city of denver put a halt on all the lights at one time there were more this is a real thing there were definitely more dispensaries than starbucks but there were literally 1200 dispensaries in this in the city and county limits of denver Colorado. 12 like think about that number 1200 licensed dispensaries now that number's come down to like maybe seven or eight hundred uh but it, 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 at its at its height there were like 1200 stores 400 500 growth facility uh and then uh the infused products 
stuff like oil, whack, that that stuff was really prevalent then. But everybody had a store and everybody had to grow in 2014-15. And once the city started, basically stopped issuing the license. And um, I knew then I had make make I had to start looking at something different. Um, so I started looking at more uh, residential real estate deals. And I've got an older brother that's here in Atlanta. Uh, he's been here since 90, 1992, you know, the Freaknik days. Dang. And um, he's a licensed general contractor. He's done hundreds of renovations across Atlanta. He's done townhomes. He's actually building t- uh, seven townhomes. And he's got 10 more that he's renovating as well. So he's, he's got a bunch of stuff going. Um, so when I came out here, I was looking at doing some some fix and flips. And, and then I was like, well, I'm not really a builder. My brother is. And so get back to what I know best. And that's people. So then I looked, started looking at like rental properties, uh, buy and hold opportunities, um, things like that. So uh, I've been out here about 18 months and we have four rental properties and we're in a contract for another fourplex in East Point, which is another East Point is an up and coming area. East Point, College Park, Bubba parts Sparks. of South. Yeah. And the reason being is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Black Hollywood, Tyler Perry, just he just bought 330 acres, not just bought, maybe about a year or two ago now, probably two closer to two. He just bought 330 acres of a former Air Force base, for, uh, excuse me, Army base, Fort right. McPherson. Right. And uh, I think the renovation budget's like $760 million. And um, so that's got to really, get some of those contracts too. Yeah. So it's made a, it's made an impact on people coming here wanting, whether it's like, not necessarily like the actors and big like that, but production crews, sound people, engineers, people like that are involved that need to be in Atlanta for three, four, five, six months at a time. Right. Uh, need some temporary housing. So you're, you're seeing a lot of renovations. You're seeing an explosion in Airbnbs down there. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of fix and flips in that area, probably in like a one or two mile radius of that Air Force uh, uh, Army base. I don't know why I keep calling it Air Force base. It's an Army base. So you're seeing a lot of development improvements and he's definitely making it, uh, a secondary economic impact on that on that area. That's good. And uh, another thing that's that good for Atlanta is that they've got this thing that the Beltline. Beltline is based 22 miles of unused railroad, outdoor space, developing outdoor space, uh, you know, green space, restaurants, trails, park, things like that. And the light rail connect 45 in-town neighborhoods in the city of Atlanta. So they're trying to make it, you know, more transit friendly, if you will. Uh, they've also got affordable housing along the Beltline, which is a big initiative uh, because housing is getting more and more expensive here in the country. Um, so there's a big initiative with the city of Atlanta to keep the housing affordable to a certain extent. So that's also um, increased a lot of uh, real estate growth and development here in the city of Atlanta. So um, from all the things that I've seen and read, Atlanta's probably a top three to five fastest growing or whatever they call it now for uh, places to be for real estate. So, you know, obviously you got out of where you were at in Colorado doing it more in the, the green space to go to where the opportunity was to get more value for what you knew and, you know, to go work with family. So yeah. with the Atlanta, you were talking about that they're doing that light rail project to kind of bring the city together. That's going to be very impactful. And that's just for me visiting the town and then flying through there a couple of times. Because one thing anybody that goes to Atlanta knows is Atlanta is spacious and it seemed like you get stuck behind a bushel of trees somewhere and you can't even see the whole neighborhood. So no, you cannot. You know, it, no, if you can sure. bring the city together, it gives more opportunities for or, you know, folks to be able to potentially find work outside of their normal two to five mile radius to be able to go to right. different entertainment spaces uh, to bring down the carbon footprint. Because as you brought up, Atlanta is booming. And what comes with booming is a lot of people and a lot of small because you guys are stretched out and you can put opportunities for economic growth along those different pathways of that light rail opportunity. And if you're a buyer or you're a flipper or if you're a holder, you've got a chance to be able to get some good positions or good positions of property along that way, too. So with Atlanta, 
Atlanta booming that way, where do you see it being in the next three to five years with all that growth that's going on? Do you think that it's going to continue to go that way or we're going to start seeing a bubble point, let's just call it? Yeah, I mean, eventually there has to be some sort of, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a bubble, but it, there might be, I don't think it's going to be a recession, but there's definitely going to be some sort of a slowdown. I've already seen a slowdown because when I first came to Atlanta in, two, in July of 2018, you know, there was properties were sitting in the market seven days, 10 days, multiple offers, over asking, you know, it was, it was, it was hot and heavy. Um, now you're seeing things really cool on the market, um, a more stabilized. I mean, a good deal is a good deal, but for the most part, they're on the market a, a reasonable 45, 45, 30, 45 days, something like that. But uh, prices mostly every so if it's priced right, then it'll move quick. But if it's not, then you'll the market will off off But as far as a three to five year outlook, um, I try to take words of wisdom, not just millionaires, probably billionaires. Um, so one billionaire that I follow relatively close in is Warren Buffett, and one of his great quotes is he tries to simply attempt to be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy only when others are fearful right now there's a lot of greed in the real estate market so um i'm very cautious right now uh but whenever the market does slow down which i don't have a crystal ball i wish i did i'd probably be doing something different a crystal ball but uh if i had if i had to say once, once people become fearful and there's some market trepidation or some fear that's when i'll probably be a lot more aggressive like if, if, I, if I were to have if i were to say another recession of 2008 is coming i would say that's awful but i'm well prepared for that kind of slowdown more so than i would have 10 years ago um because i think i understand what opportunities what good opportunities are the, the best opportunities come actually in down markets and not uh, up markets like we're in so if you were to be you know trying to get yourself into the business or you're just getting out of school or you're a couple that's looking to try to buy their first property are there any things that they should be paying attention to like you said this is an up market a second question off of that would be what cities from your experience would you say that you'd want to avoid buying property in right now unless it's just the greatest of deals yeah so let's touch your touch on your first question in order to buy a property you need credit or money or both if you don't have credit then you need money if you don't have money you need good credit building or improving or getting your credit right i think is paramount for society i think people don't understand credit and they need to learn what credit means um and how to use it and how to leverage it and uh if they can't you know just save up money um maybe rent for a little bit so you can i think you know and, I, and this is a bigger topic that i'd like to talk about another time but i don't know that home ownership is you know the the great american dream that it used um you know i think there's a shift in the change in the mindset you know buying a house is actually a lot of debt and you actually lose money when you become a homeowner expensive so grant cardone um who i follow on ig and linkedin and things like that he says if it has has you know more than one door then buy it but if it has less than one door then just rent it so that was kind of an eye-opening revelation for me because i can make more as an investor as a principal if i bought a duplex fourplex or a small eight or ten unit building than if i just bought a 1500 square foot 2000 square foot single family house yeah I could I could rent that for less than the cost of, you know, me owning under property, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense that just from a no a conversation that we've had before, but just give it to the listeners too. I've talked about it with friends and family of the Vegas market for wherever it is right now, yes, it's becoming Southern California East, which ain't necessarily a great thing with the housing values, but if you were to invest in this market, you're probably better served finding, you know, duplexes, four units, you know, eight unit places, because the one yeah. thing that people are OK with coming from a Southern California or Northern California uh, from a Seattle moving into the Las Vegas Valley is they're OK with being vertical 
and being in smaller spaces, right. especially if they're right. saving value. Um, you know, there's articles that have been in our paper here where, you know, it's uh, let's just say I forgot the names that you used, but I think it was Judy and John Jones. Uh, sure. <laughs> they, they had their property in, let's just say, Santa Ana, California, and yeah. it was overpriced. And it was they sold it for eight hundred thousand and got jobs in Las Vegas. They're OK with taking the haircut in Vegas, you know, for, let's say, twenty thousand dollars less on their salaries each because they bought a house damn near cashed out for two hundred fifty thousand. And now I was just going to say for less than three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So now they're sitting on a little bit of cake and now they, quote, become investors and they'll go buy another property. And that just ends up stretching it. So there's more people that are getting that money coming into our market and they are they're going out and buying those single family homes so you might be able to get an eye on a fourplex or on a duplex so yeah. the market's yeah. just going to be a, there are certain cities that i do think and this is one of them that's going to have those issues for a little bit of time yeah i mean i like i've, I've never invested in vegas but i like las vegas uh, another grant cardone ism is yes uh don't invest where it snows that's a that's another one that i like i was like yeah that makes sense why would you want to invest somewhere where it snows you know people don't want to people aren't going to pay top dollar where it snows all the time i'm like yeah that makes sense so vegas one of those places where it's warm most of the year uh, um so yeah that's vegas is another place um but yeah i agree my mindset is changing i think they saw their parents struggle with a mortgage for so long and have to refinance and have to worry about making a mortgage payment like people are like you know what that's just a lot of stress and you gotta worry about if something breaks you gotta call somebody you know it's on you to fix it right um as opposed to you know having to call somebody else i mean there's there's some there's some definitely some uh there's definitely a, an argument to be made that buying a single family house is a long term losing strategy in fact because you pay a lot of interest if you look at your amortization schedule or your mortgage you will not be happy with how much interest you're going to pay yeah. versus you were just to rent for 12 or 1500 dollars a month like all right fine you're out was that 30 grand or twenty four thousand dollars or whatever the number is or not even that much eighteen thousand dollars um but if something ends up breaking down you're making the phone yeah. call to somebody versus yeah, it being the other side where exactly. you guys are already stretching to make that mortgage note and now your water heater go out and you got to dump a band into that yeah you're losing money to the bank for six or seven years on any mortgage that you have now there's some strategies that you can like you can accelerate your mortgage paid off for six or seven years but they don't tell you that you had to have basically 20 or thirty thousand dollars to play that game right you know that's that's the little caveat that they leave out well they don't um, keep but, making the bank stronger by letting people know the actual hustles to get out of their pockets quick yeah exactly so that's another thing I, that on that youtube video that you sent to me so so aptly put it that like banks are in the business to make money so they want you to take more you know banks put a lot of money in the mortgage put you know what i mean like they spend a lot of money on marketing and becoming a homeowner and the american dream and like they put a lot of money in that You're like well how are you telling us what the american dream what why do you get to tell us what the american dream is yeah and people so, are doing things a lot later in life too statistically you know be it yeah graduated from school or finding their career or um you know quote settling down and looking to do first things and first purchases our parents it almost damn near felt like at 18 years old they were found a, a push-fed way to be able to get a job get a mortgage and start paying on yeah. a note yeah exactly exactly yeah so, I, so as far as cities not to invest in or you know i don't think there's any really not to i try to focus more on the positive what are the cities to invest in so uh personally i like um i'm looking at phoenix area uh i'm from tucson originally so i like i like that area down there i'm looking here obviously in the atlanta metro area i'm in the north metro area but i'll go you know i'll look at, i'll look at i look at stuff in the city as well in town well um but i'm focused on duplexes squads small apartment units and um that's all i'll say for now i don't want to no, don't, don't, yeah don't give them all the secrets because then they yeah, won't pick up your, your dvd so. man yeah 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 so but uh yeah so um i also like um houston texas um i looked at some deals down there i've looked at some deals florida as well naples florida uh, i've got some contacts down there uh charlotte north carolina uh, Ra raleigh north carolina and the 
reason I like Charlotte, Carolina is Charlotte, North Carolina is becoming somewhat of the uh, East Coast tech uh, mecca for college and, and first graduates. Uh, it used to be banking for a very long time because Bank of America had their headquarters there. Uh, but yeah, if you look at uh, Charlotte and Riley, North Carolina have several, several colleges in that area. Uh, and those colleges are producing um, and a lot of, uh, you know, tech techie type. So uh, that's a, that, that's becoming a, a growing area, uh, the Charlotte uh, Metroplex. Well, I like Charlotte. See, I thought you liked Charlotte because the baby was there. Now, but that's cool. Nah, nah, nah. I didn't, you know, uh, they, somebody told me about the baby like three or four years, but I didn't. Anytime somebody tells you about a rap, kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I like I like his hustle, though. You know what I mean? I never knock black man's hustle. Straight he's up. Doing, I'm not even mad. He, he's killing right now. You know what I mean? Do your thing, bro. Killing him. Can't even. What am I going to say? I mean, you know, he's living it. Now, here's something that you were talking about. Like, all those cities that you said that you're starting to keep an eye on, um, mm-hmm. if, I, if I caught most of them outside of the Houston market, there are a lot of places where we're about to have the gray out of America. You know, those Charlottes, those rallies, you know, the, the North Carolina, South Carolinas, the, the high ends in Georgia, down in Phoenix, you know, even in Tucson, because those were snowbird areas. We're about to hit that generation of gray hairs that are going to, you know, selling out or, you know, getting rid of their property. So the market's going to end up having a recondition in itself there. So take these jewels that this good man is saying to you and actually pay attention if you're anywhere near those markets just to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I'll give you guys one gem to uh, go with because I feel in t- uh, I feel somewhat feel like I should I should leave you guys Jim. He's um, in the holiday I'm, spirit. That's what he's trying to say. I'm, to in the, I'm in the holiday spirit. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the baby boomer generation. Um, I think something that's going to be very prevalent is um, in home care assisted living facilities. I'm sure people have heard about the concept before, but I really think uh, that's going to be something that's going to take off. You know, the, the you know you have a, a, a ranch style house, probably one story because older people don't like stairs. Um, you get it all renovated up to the standards of licensed assisted uh, facility, licensed assisted living facility in, the, in whatever state you're in. Um, you get it up to those standards, get the property up to those standards, whether it be fire suppression system, handicap tub, bath, ramp, things like that. And, uh, you know, you get a three, four bedroom house and uh, you can put two beds in there per room and uh, you get a, a nice kitchen. You got some activities in there for the people. You hire staff and uh, you find somebody that has a license already or you can apply for one for yourself. But uh, I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge opportunity is, um, you know, having these single family houses that have been renovated turned into assisted living facilities. I think that's going to be the next. I think that's going to be the next uh, little niche market that, that that could happen. I could see that. And again, keeping an eye on a lot of those cities where traditionally folks went to go hang out for the winter time. If they was big mama, big papa, you know, granny and grandpa, they go down to places where it's a little bit warmer. Those are going to probably be the places where you'll see some of those opportunities pop up too. Yeah, invest where it doesn't snow. Yeah, salute to Grant Cardone with that. I'm yeah, a, I, I, I jotted that one yeah. down. Yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Grant Cardone definitely at the gym. So I just bought about that 10x book that he's talking about. So that's uh, got some good stuff in there. He's got definitely got gems. He's definitely he's on to something. I mean, he's obviously successful. And, you know, he's a good speaker and a salesman and all that. It definitely takes some nuggets. It's what we really learn from other people that are more successful than we are or whatever. You know, even people that aren't successful, you can learn something. In the business world, I mean, a lot of the stuff I learned is from other people. True, true. Some of the greatest lessons that you find out didn't necessarily come from the books. And that's not knocking the educational hustle. It's just you pay attention to people that have went through that path before. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, college gives you a foundation of how to network, how to study, and how to learn, and the process of learning, and how you learn best, and all that. As far as what's in the information, I couldn't tell you really much. I remember our statistics class that we had, in our uh, POMS, Productions Operation Management class. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget walking in. <laughs> I'll never forget. You know what time I'm talking about? I know what you <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know. I walked into that room, bro. You had, you had every formula. <laughs> oh, 
Crowe, think Russell Crowe, beautiful mind. mind I was, I remember, I was like, yo, it looks like a beautiful mind. I fell out laughing, bro. I not to put your business on the streets, but I remember you still had to take that class. Oh, man. Yo, I, yeah, that same way in the movie, both boards. I mean, and it was just off of pure memory. I had been prepping for that exam. <laughs> Salute to the OG Linda Reed too, because she came through in the clutch. Oh, uh, Linda Reed. But I had the two boards off of pure memory. I was barely sleeping. I had all the good medicine to keep me right and then got into that exam and got the freshest of 64 <laughs> percent <laughs> that was hilarious we were in there studying so hard which that, that so lets, lets you know right there there's just a lot of good people out there who know how to take tests but they ain't necessarily better than you in the hustle damn that they're not the hustle is uh this game chose me i didn't choose it yeah you know man. I mean? so uh, it's uh it's, it's a good hustle but you know you got to keep got to keep evolving your hustle you know you can't stay can't stay can't stay too long you know yeah. i might have stayed in the marijuana business about a year too long because i thought it was a i thought the business was you know untouchable you know i was like man no way um but everything changes every so uh, that was a lesson for me things change definitely yeah. in business so you got to keep got to keep multiple things popping off so that's why i've got multiple properties now so if something happens i still have you know my other ones that'll still provide income yeah that's something that a lot of times you know if you're in a, a certain space in life and you have the means to at least start thinking about it you have to try your best to pull in three different streams of income at minimum yeah i mean yeah the more the better you know honestly i mean it, it's it, i think if you understand credit and know how to talk to the banks and get you know lines of credit and you know put yourself in a, in a financial position to get 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 credit and get loans uh then you could very easily amass you know millions of dollars in real estate in a fairly short period of time um there's a lot of people that I, I believe in building wealth instead of just doing transactions okay so i mean i'll do a transaction but i would prefer to build wealth you know but you know it you know situation is always the boss so um i look at each deal for that it's its own deal in itself um so i don't go into any deal thinking well this is what i'm going to do i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i, I let like the deal tell me what i should do and then i just i just attack that best case I, I attack the the path of least resistance frankly aggressively so if that means i keep it and i do the renovation myself i usually don't like to do massive renovations anything more than 15 or twenty thousand dollars i get a little skittish because i don't like to have my money tied up in construction I, you know i don't knock the hustle of anybody but i don't want my general contractor you know basically at you know telling me what my fate is i'd rather be if i can't hire a bunch of subcontractors and i gotta have a full-time person on the job watching these guys i don't want it so for me that means new floors new ba uh, new bathrooms new kitchens paint on the inside new fixtures things like that i'm in but if we have to fix the foundation it needs a new roof you gotta fix you know it needs a whole new hva system like i don't you know i don't need those probably i, I prefer not to have unless, unless the profits are or profits can do it but a six month four month three month deal nah i need to be in and out in 30 days so if i can't do it in 30 days if my guys can't get in get out 30 days then i'll move on i'll sell it to one of my other investors that helps you to be able to keep your inventory proper too so i mean that's just a it's a different advantage it's it's knowledge that a lot of folks that don't necessarily get to hear so i'm appreciating that you're coming on explaining it to these good folks too yeah man and it's just you know it's just a lot of trial and error 
you know, I fail, so therefore I win. You got to have a lot of losses so you can stack up the wins as well. But I, I treat I treat life like I treat hoops. You know what I'm saying? Like you just play good defense. You're aggressive on offense. You know, pass it to your teammates when they're open. Find good partners. Find good mentors. You know, block out the noise. And uh, when it's your shot, be ready to shoot. Pretty much how you how I approach my life, the basketball game. But with 2020 coming up, I got a couple questions. You know, to start rounding out this lovely intervention of knowledge base that you gave to us. 2020 targets. Now you brought up that you're looking to invest in more properties, you know, maybe diversify the cities that you're looking at. If I could ask you your top 20 tar- uh, top 2020 targets, what would they end up being professionally? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, at the end of, I, I just wrote my goals down a couple and I haven't really been a goal person, you know, lately in the probably last three to five years, I've just been kind of like, I know what I want. But after reading that 10 X book, I was like, well, maybe I should start writing them down. And, um, you know, some of my goals are to acquire rentals. Um, I want to buy a couple 10 unit apartments this year. I want to get a, uh, go on a vacation, uh, stay in good mental, physical, and psychological health, uh, meditate every day. And, uh, you know, just staying debt free. Um, and any debt that I do have is paid by others. So if I have a mortgage on a rental property, then, you know, I have enough rent coming in to cover the mortgage and give me a net profit. Um, so my goals are, you know, to, uh, uh, increase my real estate holdings by tenfold, 10 at 10 X concept, um, increase my income by 10 X as well. Uh, everything is, is 10 X right now. I'm in the, I'm, a, I'm part of the 10 X movement by Grant Cardone. Shout out again to Grant Cardone. It'll be dope to have on your podcast, by the way. Yeah. You know, I think when um, we put this episode up, I'll make sure that we add them and see what happens. You know what? Shoot your yeah, shot. We'll just tag them. Yeah, shoot yeah, your we'll shot. Shoot, shoot, hey, shoot or shoot. Shoot straight or up, shoot. straight up. Uh, but yeah, so those are some of my goals. Um, but I think it's important. Um, I was talking to my banker. Um, I told him, you know, what what we wanted to do. So he said, yeah, I think we can we can make that happen. So shout out to my banker. Um, I wish I had his information. I could properly introduce him to get you a banker that knows. But he's not like a regular banker. He's a different banker. He worked for like Merrill Lynn, Charles Schwab. So he's like he's like an investment banker. I call him a banker, but he he don't take no deposits you know what i'm talking about okay he's uh he's, okay. A, he's a different he's a different kind of guy he, he's been teaching me how to use leverage and understanding credit because i thought i knew credit and i was like well i don't understand. i mean i know like FICO scores credit but i don't business credit yeah exactly high-end money man like high-end you know money managers type credit how they use credit i was like wow that's how they do it huh he's like yep that's how they do it i'll share that maybe one day on another podcast how, how you can really you can you you can amass probably three million dollars in 18 months in credit if you play it right three million dollars in, in biz credit if you know what you're doing if you can get the the leverage properly yep if you can leverage yourself properly yep three million bucks hey. eight months and that's like not even like a secret it's not like a, a maybe that's like that half down market up market just have to know what to say how to say it who to say it to and uh hire a good bank <laughs> yeah uh, i mean just hearing that right there ladies and gentlemen especially from the the knowledge that's coming out of this man right here it, it's super dope to me i mean this is my brother you know and, and hearing him be able to express these these nuggets and giving it to the folks it's it's a blessing like i'm i'm so thankful to be able to hear it and it's funny as hell because the only thing it makes me think of as i look down at my notes is black excellence and i say it to him now because that is what he is doing down there and that's what he's a achieving and i also said because it's probably one of the five greatest laughs that i've ever gotten from this guy uh was yeah. talking about black excellence oh. oh my god black excellence turns black arrogance so fast and if you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about and, and, and that's that the comes with black excellence sometimes. and there's the oh. title right there <laughs> 
black excellence turns into black arrogance. This be cool. I was like, you know, but I, I wasn't ready for the X. Ex- I'm more prepared for the excellence now than I was then. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. I think we all are. You know, I think we all no, are. But shout, out, shout out to you, though, man. You and Jay and Ricky and Bino and D and everybody showed me the game, you know, and I just watched and laid back, try to try to do my best to, you know, be who I was, but also try to fit in. You know what I mean? I just I just wanted to fit in. You guys were a lot, a lot, a lot older than I was. <laughs> So, <laughs> you guys are way older than me. So I, uh, we, we ain't that much older than him books. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you get to like, in, it's funny when everybody gets in their mid 30s, right? It doesn't even matter. More, you know oh, what I mean? like, like, whatever, like 35, 40, whatever, dog. You're old. You're, yeah. you're not. And then I got the gray hairs coming through. So that's wild. I mean, the evolution, man, but you're, you're doing it the right way. I mean, from, from a distance and from afar and seeing, you know, the development that you're doing out there, the support that you're doing with your, your brother and having your folks out that way doing more than an exemplary job being a dope dad i mean that's that's some of the biggest things and the biggest blessings that anybody should be able to see and to try to emulate so to you good sir salute man i appreciate that man that's love right there and i'm happy to get on here and i'm happy to do it again and uh we can we can make it a weekly thing where i can give some nuggets about current events or what's i'm plugging myself right now Uh, i see that no we're gonna we're gonna make sure we we run him back because like you said we're gonna make sure on this episode when we tag it you know black excellence can turn into black arrogance we still gonna tag Grant Cardone and be like, uh, it's okay for you to still come on and talk on the pod too, Grant. We yeah, appreciate Uncle it. Uncle G, Uncle G, come holler at us, G. Yeah, man. Now, if anybody was going to try to follow your movement as far as, you know, getting those tips or advice, where would they be able to find you on social media? Man, I'm just at the, uh, you know, underscore, you know, Larry, I think it's Larry underscore Chuck or something like that. Just tag it when you post it. You yep. know what I mean, yeah. I don't really, you know, I don't really do it for the followers. I got like, you know, the same 50 people, 60 people that watch all my stories and I'm fine with that. Right. You right. know what I mean? I know who my audience is and I don't really I don't really do it for the clout you know I just do it because it's fun funny inspirational educational just depending on what the day is you know something funny for sure though oh yeah uh, the weekly repost of Buddy that be doing that damn dancing with his oh, hype oh my boy man cousin is... Skeeter Mufasa <laughs> hey, that's my guy right there every Friday you gonna get that you know what I'm saying that's consistent every Friday you gonna get it uh... but you know what's funny though man like some, so many every Friday someone's like thank you so much for posting that I love it like people are like actually looking forward to it now I'm like well, now I got to keep it going. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are actually like, hey, uh, when are you going to post that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's on the way. Don't worry. I didn't forget. It's on the way. So, uh, yeah, up. Larry Sports Chuck. So holla at me. Follow me. Don't follow me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because you, you still don't have gonna to be follow winning. me to watch. You know what I mean? Well, because they're going to do that anyway. And they ain't going to give yeah. you the credit that they're watching you anyway. Yeah, it's all good. I don't do it for the credit or the clout. You do it for the wins and for the fam. That's it. Yeah, do man. It for the laughs and the jokes and the fam. As we use that as our way to be able to get up out, man. And like I said, this is likely the last actual recording that's going to happen in 2019. So I just want to make sure that I say on my last recording of 2019 to all of our listeners, the transition from our, our folks over at our last stop on the Internet radio to here now where we're streaming on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, Apple Radio. I think we're about to have something change with iHeart here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we're putting it out there on different platforms and it's, it's crazy. Podbean, um, we're going to be doing some collaborations with some video treatments in 2020. There's going to be more venues that we're going to go to for fights and for special events. You know, the brand is moving strong, and it's a, it's a love that I appreciate doing. And I got, you know, good people that's willing to come on and share their stories because uh, we all got a story to tell. It just depends on how you can tell it, and somebody can get some knowledge off of it. And as I check out, I want to make sure that I say salute again to my co-host, Beige Ranger, Bino Norris. He will be back on the first episode that goes out officially for 2020 because he'll be out of his holiday season so he can actually get back to talking that shit. 
and anybody else that comes on you're gonna get quality content because that's what we do on this podcast is culture convos so for my man the good man larry charles for bk norris bino for cj i'm signing off y'all be safe happy new year god bless and we're gonna get at y'all in 2020 yeah